I remember telling Tom, you know, I don't know if this will go somewhere or not, but if I took like November through February off and just focused on my YouTube channel and we'll just see like if it goes somewhere and if not, no big deal, I'll just go back and I'll push into real estate more. But I just have to know <laughs> like if this could be something or not. Welcome to the Minimal Mom Podcast. Dawn has become well-known for her practical approach to decluttering and simple living. She's the friend you turn to when you're overwhelmed with your stuff and don't know where to start. The Minimal Mom has helped me by minimizing everything that I have in my house. To believe that we actually didn't want to become minimalist before because we thought it was weird. But with her explaining step by step, me and my daughter and my son understand that things can be let go without us feeling guilty. I'm truly thankful for her videos. Now, here's Dawn. Well, for my official first podcast on YouTube, I know you could be like listening to this anywhere, but for my first YouTube podcast, I wanted to share the story of becoming the minimal mom. And so if I could take you back to 1982, I was born an identical twin just outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And so we grew up on a farm. It was really unique in that we were very close to the Twin Cities, but yet we were in the country on a farm. So I felt like we had a lot of opportunities to go to events in the cities and do different things, yet it was so cool, obviously, to get to grow up on a farm in the country. And I mean, really, our upbringing was very modest. We never went without. I'm so grateful for that. Like, we always had our needs met, but there wasn't a lot of extra. So we were aware that our friends had nicer clothes and their parents drove nicer cars and we didn't get quite as much for Christmas. But obviously now looking back, I'm very grateful for that. And I do think it's made it a little bit easier now to become a minimalist. But there were so many things that I feel like my parents got right. They included us in all the daily runnings of our house and the farm. I grew up feeling very needed and necessary. And I was always blown away when my dad would trust me with different things. And he was so easygoing. And if something didn't go quite right, he'd be like, okay, well, we learned from that, right? Or here's what we're going to do to fix it. And my parents never drew attention to the fact that we didn't have as much or as nice of things as other heels. I can I cannot even think of one instance where they might have suggested that they were envious of someone else or someone else's things. And they also were always helping other people. And so I attribute a lot to, of my confidence now in my Myself to how I was raised growing up. And I'm so grateful for that. And so, uh, like I said, growing up an identical twin, I was always the quiet one. I was happy to be in the background to play a supporting role. Diana generally liked a little bit more attention. And so when it was time to go to college, I actually decided that we would go to separate colleges. She would have been fine um, if we went to the same college. She, de she decided on her college first. And I was like, no, that doesn't seem like the right fit for me. And I think I kind of want to venture out on my own. But I will never forget, I had been at college uh, a few months and one of our friends from high school came to visit. And we were in my dorm room and my roommates were there and she was there. And after a few minutes, she said, Dawn, I have never heard you talk this much like in your whole childhood. <laughs> and I realized that being in college by myself without my sister around that I was a little bit more outgoing and I did contribute more to conversations. 
And what also stuck out to me was that people would use my first name. Everywhere I went, people called me by my first name because they didn't have to wonder if I was Dawn or Diana. So growing up, we were always like, hey, Madsen twin, or, or hey, you, basically, <laughs> right? And trying to explain to people how to tell us apart. And so I, I just remember getting to college and like people would say my name and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never heard my name this much <laughs> in my life. And so it, it, was, it was fine. I quickly learned that the college I had chosen was like wasn't necessarily the best fit for me. Um, and so I bounced around a little bit. I changed my majors a lot. Ultimately ended up graduating with a degree in marketing from the University of Phoenix online. And while I was finishing up, Diana had graduated and she was still living about an hour and a half away in the town where she went to college. And she had started working at the Christian radio station there. And so at that point, I was kind of a nomad. I was like floating around jobs and living with my brother and working my way through college. And she was like, hey, why don't you move up here? and you can help me. You can work at this radio station too. And so I moved up there. I worked there part-time and also like served at Applebee's while we were up there. And I loved it. I loved the marketing side of the radio station. We um, we were on the morning show together for a little while and then the afternoon show. But what I really loved was the marketing. I love marketing. <laughs> and I got to find that there. It was a great place to learn different things, try different things. And so I just really enjoyed that. And then that's also where I met Tom. So we got married. Eventually, I started working full-time at the radio station. We got married. We started having kids. And then eventually got to that point where I was pregnant with our third. And it was like, it doesn't actually make sense for me to work full-time anymore. And I had wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Eventually, that was our plan. But I did really love the work that I was doing. So along with me deciding to stay home, then we decided that we should move back closer to my parents so that we'd have a little more help with the kids. So we actually moved in with them for a little while. And Tom took a job down closer to them. And I was, you know, staying home and then doing some website design on the side. And then also started my first blog, I Think We Could Be Friends, so that I would still have a little bit of a creative outlet. And so we were with my parents for around six months. Uh, we actually had Corbin while we were living with them. But two adults plus three kids and my brother and sister were also living at home then. They have a good sized house, but it was just a lot of people. And our ultimate goal was to find a house in the country by them. And so I'll still remember when Tom brought me this listing for this townhouse and I'm like, ew, no, I want to be in the country, like on at least five acres of our own. This is the exact opposite of it. And he was like, just hear me out. It was um, like a foreclosure. And so it was very inexpensive. He's like, we could just go live there for a little while. We could fix it up while we're there. And it's still very close to your parents' house. And then keep our eye out for just the right place in the country. And so we went and looked at it. And I remember walking in. And you know how pictures on real estate listings make them look so much bigger than they actually are? I walked in and I'm like, this is tiny. Like, how are we going to fit with, you know, three kids here and all of our stuff and everything? So we put in an offer and we got it. And uh, we moved in a month later. It, luckily, it didn't actually need that much work. So we didn't have to do a ton of work to it. And we got settled in. And that's where then we had Gage as well. So we'd been there a little over a year, had Gage. And I was just feeling so frustrated. And this is probably the point in the story that many of you have heard already, that I am just sitting in my office looking at all these toys on the floor. And I'm on Pinterest trying to figure out ways to manage all this stuff and really just wanting to have more time to work on my blog and not have to put so much time into housekeeping and cooking and cleaning and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's when I heard uh, the podcast with Joshua Becker. And on it, he said those magic words. He said, 
Did you know that you don't have to have all of this stuff? Did you know that you don't have to have all of this stuff? And I literally remember I stopped and I looked around at all the stuff and I was like, are you serious? Like, do I, like, I actually don't have to have all of this stuff. And so I started Googling minimalism. I'm like, okay, what would this look like then for our family? Now with four little kids, ages four and under, what would this look like? How much stuff could I have? And there was hardly anything out there at the time. So this was eight years ago. There was a wonderful blog by Rachel that she went by the minimalist mom, but I believe they were living in Europe at the time in an apartment and had one child. And so she gave good some good ideas, but it didn't necessarily seem to fit my lifestyle. And then also I came across the minimalists and they had a tour of one of their apartments and it was so sparse, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, I actually was actually kind of drawn to that, but I'm like, but how many forks and how many towels and how many toys for the kids? And so from that moment on, I vowed, I'm like, okay, if I do this and I get my house simplified, I am going to start a blog and I'm going to tell everyone how many forks and towels to have. And so over the course of the next year, I was really just doing an experiment to see if minimalism would be the solution to my problem. If it would give me more time to do creative things and work things that I wanted to do, and if it would make our house easier to manage so that I wouldn't feel like such a loser as a mom and wife. So during nap times or when I had a few extra minutes, I just started going through the toys and the kitchen items. And I I focused on all of the stuff that I was in charge of. So my clothes and the kids stuff and household items. I didn't touch any of Tom's stuff. And I also did not tell him what I told no one. I didn't even tell Diana what I was doing. I was just like, I don't know if this is going to work. And I could look really foolish if this flops. But I also knew at the time that like, I mean, 98% of the contents of our house was acquired from um, secondhand stores and garage sales. So I also felt confident that if I needed to reacquire some of the things that it wouldn't be that big of a deal <laughs> to do so. And so I just worked at it for a year. And, you know, I look back and I think we probably got rid of about 80% of the contents of our house. And I honestly wouldn't have thought that I would have needed to go that far. My goal was to make it so that every room in our house was very easy to manage and to take care of. And if you would have asked me at the onset, I would have probably said like, oh, I bet if we get rid of 50% of the stuff, it'll just feel so much better. And so I was kind of surprised that we had to go so far to get our home to a point where for me at that season in life, that I really felt like it was easy to manage and easy to take care of. And what was funny was that, so we're living in townhouses, right? And so behind us, a family moved in and they were on an end unit. We were in an end unit and their unit was the exact same as ours. The only difference was upstairs, we had an extra bedroom. So theirs had two bedrooms upstairs, ours had three. But otherwise, the it was like a tri-level the two main levels were the exact same layout. And so I'll never forget when they moved in and our kids started to get to become friends and they would play together. And it started raining one day and the kids were like, let's go into your house and play hide and go seek. And a couple thoughts came to my mind. One, I, like the first thought, I was so proud because I'm like, you can hide in all of the closets and all of the different areas in our house and I don't have to be embarrassed about it, right? Like I didn't have to be like, but don't go in this room or don't go in there. And so I was like, that is so cool. And then the second thing was like, 
oh no, I don't want this gal to come into our home. Because before that, we had just like sat on the curb outside or gone into her house to visit while the kids were playing. And I'm like, what is she going to think of our house? Because like, if you if you had the chance to see our home tour on my blog, um, it was pretty sparse. Like it, it was way more sparse than our house <laughs> now. But again, that's how I needed it to function. And so I was like, I have no idea <laughs> what she's going to say. And she generally wasn't afraid to express her opinion. So I'm like, I'll know <laughs> like what she's thinking. So we come in and we walked we walked in on the lowest level level in the basement. And then we went up to the main level. And she was like, oh, I've always actually been interested to see a four bedroom. Like, do you mind if I see the whole house? So we're walking through the whole house. And then we come back down to the main level. And she was like, you know, yours feels so much bigger. I think it must be because it's a four bedroom. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, they are the exact same square footage, like literally the same house, you know? <laughs> like, And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Like it feels bigger because it's the four bedroom layout or whatever. And so after she left and I was thinking about it more, I'm like, isn't that so interesting? Like her perception of our house was not that it was too bare or it felt cold or uninviting. It was like, oh, it feels bigger in here. And so I know we often worry like, what are other people going to think? And I think they're not going to think about it as much as you think <laughs> they are. So that was actually really encouraging to me. And so we were in our townhouse for two years. I did then start my blog, The Minimal Mom. And, you know, I did a house tour. I showed pictures of our house inside cabinets and, and different things. And I was so grateful for that. But we did still desire to move out to the country and to have a place in the country of our own. And so we were there a little over two years. And then Tom said, hey, I think we should move back in with your parents. They had an unfinished basement. He's like, I will finish the basement quick and then we'll live down there so that we're ready when just the right house comes on the market for us. And I wouldn't I, – I, for Tom to say that and suggest that, I'm like, okay, this must be what we're supposed to do because he wouldn't normally come up with a plan like that because it could potentially be a little bit uncomfortable, right? Now we had four kids moving back into their house. And so we list our house. It sold in a week or so, and he had like five weeks to get their basement finished and done. And so he did it, and we moved in. And uh, really at that point, we had told my parents, we won't stay longer than two years. Like we will for sure be out of here in two years, but we have no idea actually how long we'll be here. And so we moved in in the beginning of September. And then it was um, it was that it was around January or February that our current house, we had learned that the gentleman who lived there had passed away and that we didn't know if it would be becoming available for sale. We just knew that he was no longer living there. And so, I mean, in if you've heard our story before, this is the place, if you would have said, Dawn, you could live anywhere in the world. Where do you want to live? I would have picked this farm. From my whole childhood, I had grown up driving by it and I loved this farm. I adored it. I like I would imagine as a child like what it would be like to live on this farm because it had this little white house and these two red barns and I was it, it's like time stood still here. Nothing ever changed and they always kept it like very neat and there wasn't ever a lot of like stuff outside or stuff sitting around. It was just like this iconic farm. And I even remember telling my sister before that when, I mean, we had put offers in on a couple other houses that were within a close distance to my parents and they fell through for various reasons. And I remember telling my sister, I'm like, I just want a small white farmhouse. Like I just want a little farmhouse. I want it to be simple, easy to, easy to keep up. And, um, 
And so then when this did become available, uh, we were blown away. I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I was so nervous those days when we were like putting in an offer, going back and forth on it. There was other people that were interested in it too. I thought, oh, for sure, we're not going to get it. Like, you know, and so then when we actually found out that we got it and we closed on it now seven years ago, I, w- I would drive up the driveway every day and just be like, I can't believe that we actually get to live here. And it needed work, but I was so, I'm like, I will work on that house and that, you know, the whole property, like the rest of the days of my life, because I would just love to live there so much. And I have loved living here <laughs> so much. The only thing though, what I did not know until we closed on it and moved in, I didn't know how nervous Tom was about the mortgage payment. It was obviously more than what our townhouse was, but I didn't think it wasn't unreasonable like with our budget, but he was just thinking, looking at the big picture, you know, like how many years it's going to take to pay off and what if something would happen. And and so I had no idea, but I told him. um, So again, at this time, I was doing some side work for building websites and graphic design. And then I had my blogs going and I told him that, and he had gotten his real estate license a, a year prior because his job had been a little bit slow and we'd always Talked about selling real estate. And then I had started helping with it. So I had told them, like, hey, I'll get my real estate license. I'll still I'll sell real estate. If that's what it takes for us to live in this house, I will do whatever it takes. And so we moved in and I helped. I was selling real estate. He got busy again at his job. And so he was working full time doing that. And I was selling real estate full time and it was working. And then I was still kind of doing my blog on the side. And I think we could be friends was doing fairly well. And the minimal mom was just kind of like my passion project. And so we did that for about a year. And then I went to a blog conference. And when I was at the blog conference, they were like, video is everything. You should start adding videos to your blogs. And I'm like, okay, like, um, I don't know how to do video, but we could figure it out. And Diana had actually learned, been learning video at the church where she had gone to ministry school and then was working. And so I told her that and she was like, Hey, I'll, I'll help you with video. And so my plan then initially was that I would look at the posts, my blog posts that had done the most well, which was like laundry, my laundry system and decluttering kids clothes. And then I'll just make videos that I will put into those blog posts. So she helped me, um, she helped me learn how to video and edit. And I started making these videos. And the only problem was that you can't just upload it to your blog because it's too big of a file for your server. And I didn't want to have to increase my website hosting. So I was like, okay, I will host them on YouTube and then I will embed it into my blog. And so that's what I was doing. And uh, within a few months, it became very obvious that YouTube was actually doing such a good job of sharing my videos and pushing them out to other women. And I was developing community there, here. <laughs> and so I, I quickly realized that I didn't need my blog as like the engine to push out my videos, that YouTube was actually doing such a great job. And I found pretty quickly too that I actually enjoyed making videos a lot more than writing blog posts. I've never considered myself a good writer, and it was a lot of work to write them, to take photos, and to edit them, where video, I felt like when I could show what it was that I was doing and just talk it out, that it was a lot easier for me. Easier yes and no. Like you'll notice in my first videos, which was like uh, I did laundry and decluttering kids' clothes, and then I did a whole series on decluttering kids' toys. 
And I was standing in our little enclosed porch here at our house because that was like the only quiet space <laughs> in our house. So that was the only drawback was finding quiet spaces to work on it. But I did start creating videos and they started to do well and it was really encouraging. So the second winter that we were in our house, I remember telling Tom, I was like, you know, I don't know if this will go somewhere or not, but real estate for us, because we really focused on like rural properties, it really slowed down in the winter. And so I was like, would you be okay if I took like November through February off and just focused on my YouTube channel and we'll just see like if it goes somewhere. And if not, no big deal. I'll just go back and I'll push into real estate more. But I just have to know <laughs> like if this could be something or not. And so he agreed to it and kind of with the understanding that like, hey, if by like March or April, like it's competing with what your real estate salary was, then that would be okay. And it actually started doing really well. And what I regret now is that I did not take pictures or record decluttering our house when, when we were in our townhouse and I was decluttering it the first time around because I was embarrassed by it. So you have to remember, I thought I was the only one that struggled with this. Maybe a handful of other women, but like many, I thought everyone else had it together, had their houses like at a manageable state, could keep their dishes done and their laundry done and like their kids' toys picked up. Like I really thought I was in the like very small percentage of women, especially stay-at-home moms, like right, we're supposed to have all this time, like that could not stay up on my house. And so that's why I didn't document it in any kind of way because I didn't want to embarrass <laughs> myself and for everyone to see like all of this stuff that I was getting rid of. But then once our house was simplified, then I had the confidence like, oh, this is working really well and maybe this would work for you too. So I do regret that I didn't record it earlier on. But the good news is, is with six people in our house, there's always plenty of stuff coming in. And as you've seen, um, there's always more stuff to get right up. So it's actually worked out okay. And so I started making YouTube videos consistently and still did some real estate on the side. I really enjoyed the other realtor who we worked with and he was he was like so generous with us and, and really helpful. And so I still did some of that, but then over time I was able to phase that out. And then um, it was about two years in, I had contacted Darcy Isabella. So uh, she's an, a minimalist that used to make a lot of YouTube videos, but doesn't so much anymore. But I loved her videos because um, she was like extreme minimalist. <laughs> and I just, I loved her personality. I loved the changes she had made to her house. And like, I loved her style of minimalism. And so we had met up, she was outside of Chicago. And um, so we had met up and done a couple videos together. And then she had contacted me and she was like, hey, um, would you ever be interested in doing like a tour in the US to meet up with people that watch our videos? And so I was like, I think that would be awesome. We started in uh, here in, in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And then I think it was like nine or 10 stops. We worked our way all the way down to Jacksonville. But in there, we stopped in Asheville, North Carolina. So Darcy knew um, Justin and Rebecca Rhodes. And so she arranged for us to stop at their house and we actually spent the night there. And so it was while we were there and we were talking about YouTube and, and other opportunities that we had with our channels. And I was just over 100,000 subscribers at this time. And we were talking about it and they started sharing about their membership community. And Justin was kind of telling us the ins and outs of it. And 
I was like, wow, that would be so cool because I I loved everything that I was getting to share on YouTube, but I wanted more like interaction. Like I wanted to be able to like really like hands-on help other people. And also it would kind of diversify our income a little bit because YouTube had started to do fairly well for me, but you just you just never know, <laughs> right? Like you don't know a lot of other people that this is how they're making their income, right? So that October then, it would have been of 2019, um, I started our private membership group. So now we've had that going for over three and a half years now. And it was so cool. It is so cool. It It is such a kind and encouraging community of people where we are just focused on decluttering our houses, simplifying life. Um, and we talk about every angle and aspect of that and toys and sentimental items and kitchens and laundry systems and all of that. And it has been such a cool thing to be a part of. I'm so grateful to the Rhodes for sharing all of their information and their wisdom. I mean, they just laid out everything, like do this, don't do this. And they just shared so generously of their experience and their wisdom. But there's also this core group of members that have been in the group from the beginning. But I tell you, if you have a group of people behind you, encouraging you, cheering you on, um, helping you with ideas and new ideas, like you can do anything. I Sometimes people ask like, do you ever run out of, or do you ever worry about running out of ideas for videos? And I'm like, no, because I have this kind, supportive, encouraging group of friends behind me who are sharing so openly about their struggles and their wins and what works for them and what doesn't. And so I am so grateful for that because they are just so kind to me. A lot of times I'll bring an idea. I'll be like, okay, I'm thinking about this for a video, but I'm not sure if it makes sense or maybe it won't actually help everyone. Like, what do you see? Like, what could work? What could work better? And so I really feel like that group should take a lot of ownership in any success that I've had on YouTube because they are part of like the think tank that makes it possible. So we, so we started the membership group and um, and my channel continued to um, grow. And it wasn't long after that then um, that Tom was actually able to leave his job too and for us to be full-time YouTubers or whatever you want to call it. I think it took my parents like at least a year and a half after he left his job to be like, are you sure this is what you should be doing? Like, And we didn't. I mean, we didn't know, right? But we're just like, well... It, we'll see, you know, if you know if something happens and Tom has to go get another job in manufacturing, then we trust he'll be able to get another job again, right? Like you don't want to burn any bridges, but we're like, we we think it'll work out, <laughs> right? And so now I've just continued to make videos and to do our membership group. It's it's nothing that I would have ever imagined that I would be doing right now. But I'm so grateful when I look back and I see how many of my experiences that I've had of going into marketing, of getting a marketing degree and working at the radio station. We were really fortunate when we were there. We got to work with um, some really skilled talent coaches. And so they were really helpful in learning how to convey a message and how to look at things from different angles and how to connect with an audience. You know, like they'll say things like, don't say you guys and act like you're talking to a bunch of people. Talk to one person, you know, don't use insider speak. Don't, don't use terms or phrases that other people wouldn't understand because that makes them feel like they're on the outside and just different things like that. And so I'm really grateful for that experience in, in radio. And I did when I left the radio station to stay home with the kids. I, I remember thinking like, 
the one thing I'm going to miss is getting to encourage people every day. Like I really loved being able to connect them with resources and to share hope and encouragement. I remember thinking like, I'm really going to miss that. And that was part of the reason why I started my first blog. I think we could be friends. And on it, I didn't share a whole lot. I actually recruited like therapist friends and other people who I thought had really good things to share. Cause I'm like, I don't have so much to share, but I can market it and I can create the graphics and all of that. And so it's kind of ironic now to be here and to be like, okay, well, maybe I have a couple things <laughs> that I can share with other people. So it's hard to believe now we've been, like I've been doing my YouTube channel for almost five years and we have over 700 videos and we've lived on our farm for seven years. I mean, time really does go so fast. And to think how much simplifying our home and becoming minimalist has changed our lives, it still, it still shocks me because I still think like, but it's just stuff. Like it's just stuff. And I mean, one of the highlights too that I kind of skipped over, but when we had around 50,000 subscribers, Joshua Becker had just started his YouTube channel too. And we were going down to Arizona on vacation. So I remember I reached out to him to be like, hey, Joshua, could we get together and record like a video together? And I did not think that he would say yes. I was like, for sure. He was like, oh, Dawn, like your cute little channel. Like, and he replied back and he was like, yes, of course, stop by. Like, here's the address. Do you want to go for lunch afterwards? He was so kind and so gracious. And I was so nervous when we got together. I remember like, when I published the video on YouTube, people were like, you didn't look at him. Like that was kind of rude. You're interviewing him and you're not looking at him. I'm like, I didn't know where to look. Like I, at that point I had not actually created that many videos to then be going to someone else's house and setting everything up and hoping the audio is going to be good. And every, I was like, it was so far outside of my comfort. <laughs> so I'm like, we're just all lucky I was like putting together like complete sentences and that it was like something I could actually post on the internet, you know? And so, oh my goodness. But that was so cool to get to meet him in person. I mean, he's awesome and very funny. I know sometimes people are like, I don't know, like he's so funny. And if you caught the most recent interview we did, I guess it was about a year ago now, um, super funny and engaging. And I really enjoyed getting to meet him and get to do those videos with him. And so I'm so grateful how all of this has come together and unfolded and really cannot imagine, even if the, the YouTube stuff and that hadn't come out of it, just having our house simplified, I enjoy being a mom and a wife and keeping our house so much more. Like I actually like really enjoy taking care of our home now and managing it and enjoy being a mom so much more. And so I am so grateful that eight years ago, I just stumbled across that podcast. I don't know. I guess I was so desperate <laughs> that I was just willing to try anything. What a great experience it has been. And I know often people say like, well, how do you deal with negative comments and that? And don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not bulletproof, right? There's still some comments where I'm like, ouch, like that kind of stinks, right? But YouTube is actually very great where they put the negative comments at the bottom now. And so I really, I try to look at the comments when I post a new video for the first like two days after I post it and only the ones at the top because they're very kind and friendly. I mean, you are so kind. The comments that get left are 
so kind and encouraging. And I do not scroll to the bottom to look at the negative ones. They're out there, right? Every channel has them. But I pretty intentionally try to stay away from them. Tom's the type that he'll scroll to the bottom <laughs> and look for them. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, you do not read those <laughs> like to me. And really, you should stop doing it too. So, But mostly, I mean, 99% of everyone has been so kind and encouraging. And it's actually really interesting to look back now and see, see I mean, I, I feel like the success of my channel is because this really is a universal problem now to have too much clutter. We, Diane and I got to go to Maryland a couple of weeks ago to a women's conference. And in one of my breakout sessions, I asked, I'm like, okay, how, what percent, despite what your house looks like right now, how many in this room, and there was like a little over 200 women in the room, how many of you are naturally organized and tidy people? Like you just naturally pick up your house, you keep it tidy, and two-thirds of the room raise their hand. And I was like, okay, like I expected to be maybe more half and half, naturally tidy and naturally messy. And I said, okay, now keep your hand up though if your house has become overwhelmed with clutter. And almost everybody kept their hand up. And so I know for even those of you who in the past have been able to keep your house up and keep it tidy and keep it clean and organized, that over the last few years, it has never been easier to acquire more stuff. All of us, whether you're naturally tidy or not, all of us have been drowning in clutter because it is way too easy to order Amazon Prime, to go to the dollar store, to stop at the tar Target dollar spot, garage sales, secondhand stores, marketplace. It is so easy to acquire stuff now. And so it is such a universal thing that we are all dealing with. And so I guess as we wrap this up today, my hope is just that you know you're not alone. Oh my goodness, you're not alone. <laughs> if you are just feeling overwhelmed by the clutter in your house, it is something that we've all been struggling with. But if you are willing to do the work to move it back out, there is so much peace and freedom and confidence lying underneath it. So it's not always easy, but my goodness, it is one of the best things that I have ever done. And so that's why I will continue to make video after video <laughs> because it's too important. Like it is too important that we get our homes decluttered to let anybody miss the message or not have the right, you know, help or anything along the way. So we will just keep doing this. And I am excited to start my podcast here too, or to continue it on the other platforms, just to talk through some other ideas, to share interviews with others that I find helpful, and also to answer questions too. I think it's a really great place to answer questions. So that is definitely what you can expect to see coming up. But thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening and watching, for leaving kind comments, for sharing it with your friends and family. I am so grateful. And um, I still would, I would still rather be behind the scenes. Like when I record a video, I have to like, just like, I, I cannot, I cannot think about how many people might watch it because that puts too much pressure on me. And then it's like too hard. And so I'm just like, okay, it's just me and you here. Like it's just one-on-one. -on -one. I'm just visiting with a friend. What would I say if you were sitting right here needing help decluttering? Okay, we'll just visit like that. <laughs> so, but truly thank you so much because I obviously wouldn't be here without you. And I'm just so grateful for you and every opportunity that I've had up until this point. And if you would be so kind to subscribe to this channel too, it just, it helps to spread the word and, and for YouTube to promote it to other people. So I appreciate that as well. All right. Well, I love you. I hope you have a really good day and I'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're looking for more support, be sure to check out The Minimal Mom on YouTube too.